Welcome to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Lucy Sassel. And I'm Olivia Taylor. (gasps) Crappy New Year, Olivia. Welcome. It's 2021. Another season of Queer Longing. Can you believe, I think, by the time this goes out, or even maybe the next one, this is our second year of this little poddy. I know. Um, yeah, because I think we started late January two years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can believe that because it now feels like about 18 years since we first started the podcast. Not because I don't enjoy the podcast, but because of this past <laughs> year, which has felt like so many years. But it's very nice to be back after our break. Um, happy, crappy, dappy New Year to you. And um, yeah, I mean, what have you been doing for the past couple of weeks? How did you weather Christmas and the 31st of December and more importantly the 1st of December and how is 2021 treating you apart from the obvious hellfire of the past couple of weeks and days? Yeah um, I'm doing all right uh, all things considered. Um, Christmas and New Year was you know a nice time it was a weird time it was a time full of sort of like not really feeling very Christmassy, sort of feeling uh, some some feelings of guilt, some feelings of uh, what's going on, lots of sort of like, it just felt odd. It just felt weird, obviously. Um, so it was, I was, and to be honest, and I, you know, I'm a bit sad to admit this um, as an absolutely huge Christmas fan, but I kind of just wanted it to be over because I wanted to not like have all the mass stress of the country, etc., and stuff around the specific time of Christmas. Obviously, there's a lot of things to be stressed about all the time, but I feel like it was a, an acute time for, for everyone. So um, personally, I was sort of happy to put it to bed and be like, right, well, can't wait for next year slash 2023 Christmas. So uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was nice though. It was, it was, um, you know, I can't really complain and I won't. Um, But uh, since then I have just been, um, I've, well, I moved to my parents' house. So I am doing a lot of walking through incredibly wet fields and getting my shoes stuck constantly and being like on my own in the middle of a field like oh shit well how would I get out of this um but it being all right uh and yeah just um been I don't know I feel like I, I went through uh sort of uh I feel like I went from an incredibly sort of low situation at the bird sort of at the tail end of the year through to the first couple of days of the year um to a more sort of positive I don't know what's happened. Something sort of clicked in my brain and uh, I feel a bit more like positive about the future and sort of things that I can. I think I sort of realized the things that I can't control and the things that I can and therefore trying to do something about the things that I can control. uh, And that's sort of like my general, I guess, career future, et cetera, and stuff like that. So I've been, you know, trying to write a lot and uh, be creative and think about how I will manifest that in the future. So actually been a bit all right for me as it goes um yeah how about you how was your festive period and the beginning of the new year well that sounds fab I'm glad that you've been um doing all of the best creative outlets um I too can sympathize with your walking boot stuck in the mud disaster I too have fallen victim to the exact same thing and had to put my whole walking boots in the washing machine because they were just like up to like up to my calves in mud um yeah it's it's been a lot but I guess because everybody's out and there's nothing else to do it's just like everything's getting really muddy isn't it but um yeah just similar to you really just I think I think maybe the only difference that I felt was that kind of Christmas although stressful that was a focus it was like something to um earmark like the passage of time and the end of the year and I think um there was this kind of like prophesizing around like what the end of the year meant and the new year even though like nothing was going to sort of dramatically change but I think that there was kind of like this feeling of looking forward to the end of the year so that the new year could begin and like everything that that kind of meant and and Christmas being like a bit of a, a port in a storm for for a lot of people in whatever way whether that's just like distracting yourself by like sending Christmas cards like I always forget to send Christmas cards this year I sent so many and you know just like anything that feels like a point of difference I think is good and 
I liked that. But yeah, my birthday's on Christmas Day. That's always weird. It was weird again this year. It just carries on, doesn't it? But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's okay. I think I felt a bit flat after that because I think that I've been trying to kind of search for a bit of a foothold in time. Um, I think probably the next thing that I'm trying to focus on is that I'm going to be starting a new job, hopefully soon. Um, I still don't know exactly when um, or like how it's going to exactly happen, but I know that it is going to happen. Yes. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And um, I think just anything that feels maybe a bit novel or different or fun is just like so rare that um, it, it just it means a lot. Um but yeah, just watched a lot of telly, went on a lot of walks and ate a lot of chocolates um, as per Christmas. So some things never change, I'm pleased to report in that <laughs> sense. Um, but more importantly, for our first podcast back of this brand new season, what is it that you are living and longing for this week? Uh, wow. Oh God, here we are again. Um, I, I do just want to say very quickly from me and all the listeners, happy birthday and congratulations on the new job, Olivia. We're so proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. Here at Queer Logging Towers. We're so, we're so proud. Um, I remember I was staring down the barrel of 30, not, not two years ago. Here I I am. (laughs) Wild. And it's been a whole year since your stunning birthday party that everyone heard about, obviously on the podcast. And I can't believe that. And I can't believe we didn't know at that point that we were having the ultimate uh, ultimate in the real sense of the word night out so, yeah the uh, ultimate yeah. And only night out but yeah 31 the rot has set in and <laughs> this is it but um less about me and more about you what you're living for right so so i am living for right i am living for and you, and you know this because i've told you that we've got a deadline for this uh, podcast i'm personally living for the fact that um, football is still continuing as it is the only thing that is still going on. And I've decided to really, really lean into my, uh, you know, I love football, but I've, I've sometimes, you know, take a little backseat from it. And I think last year I took a bit of a backseat to it because it was too like, uh, I, I took a, I took a, um, I, I found it really hard to engage with anything that was made it really obvious that COVID was happening and football was one of those things, obviously there's no crowds, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And I would watch some matches and stuff, but um, I sort of found it a bit difficult. Like when they would all talk about like the things going on, I'd be like, Ugh, I don't want to hear it. But um, now that it is literally the only thing that is occurring and is a way that you say, you know, it's a way that time passes, you know, I can be like, oh, this match is then and this is then and blah, blah, blah. So this is happening. So I really lean into it and very um into football now so i'm living for the fact that the football continues at the moment hopefully it can continue for as long as possible because i really think it's provides a lot of people like you say uh an event a thing that's happening and something to sort of look forward to each week and i am longing for and i'm sure this is on your books as well um the start of new series on channel four it's a sin uh, that's which- mine <laughs> i knew it would be like bet this is Olivia's too uh so yeah longing for it's a sin which starts on the 22nd of Jan um and is the new output from the man whose name I've forgotten who I know so well Russell T Davis that's it in my head was going Russell Tovey but I knew that wasn't him so because that was like it's yeah uh I, I, so- always, I always get it mixed up but it's because Russell T Russell Tovey is in all of Russell T Davis's exactly which you know we are we are blessed with um yeah so new output from russell t davis uh which is a tv series sort of set during the aids crisis but in the uk which is um i think something that's not really been done much before um and especially not in a mainstream sort of uh way so i'm really really looking forward to that um and uh really intrigued to see what what it's like and i think it'll be lots of fun and good to watch yeah, and interestingly, um, I was um, reading an article in them um, about this because I'm just super invested in this series. I think it's just going to be like, the th- it's, it's really just going to be the thing that I need to watch. Yes. Like, 
I'm in the mood for this exact thing. So I'm happy that it's going to exist very shortly. But um, off the back of, I think it was our last podcast of the year, or maybe our penultimate one, where we were talking about um, the idea of whether um, straight people should be playing gay characters and that whole debate that is ongoing and you know quite nuanced and everybody's got different ideas about it but um russell t davis is quite um resolute in what he thinks and i have a quote from him from this article um to see what you think about it so he says i'm not being woke about this but i feel strongly that if i cast someone in a story i am casting them to act as a lover or an enemy or someone on drugs or a criminal or a saint he told the radio times they are not there to act gay because acting gay is a bunch of codes for a performance. It's about authenticity, the taste of 2020. He added that in this day and age, other casting directors and showrunners wouldn't cast someone able-bodied and put them in a wheelchair or make someone appear more black for a performance. Uh, well, you would think that would be the case, Davis, but unfortunately, Sia did that exact same thing when casting the able-bodied dancer Maddie Ziegler to play an autistic teenager for her upcoming film. Um, authentic authenticity is leading us to joyous places, he concluded. So, um, yeah, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on what he's saying that, you know, um, if your gayness and sexual identity is so, like, inherently part of who you are as a person if you're truly going after authenticity and queer representation then by his argument surely you should be casting a queer person for that role yeah um i i read i read uh what he said um earlier today actually and um yeah i think it was when we were talking about the prom when we were talking about james corden playing that role etc in our last podcast yeah. i believe um and yeah i think that you know what he says has you know, it, it makes sense that I think that if you if you can, if you if you want to have the authenticity, then it is, you know, important to cast queer people in queer roles, especially when you are telling stories that are stories that are about the queer experience. Um, I think, you know, what what better way can you do that? Obviously, he's, uh, you know, he's not always had queer people play queer roles like in queer as folk you know but like uh i think that like he says in this day and age you we have the sort of uh freedom i guess and ability to do that so we should be doing that and i think yeah i agree that that, that is what should happen um what do you think yeah i think it makes sense and i think that it's like only going to add a sense of richness and like he says um authenticity and lived experience and all of these things that I think for something like it's a sin which is you know a very very specific snapshot in time which because of you know age ages and history and things the people who are playing these roles didn't live through that so there is already a bit of a gulf of experience there I think that to kind of really get to grips with these characters and this sort of particular um, setting in history and this sort of monumental moment um, for the queer community, I think that it makes sense that you would cast queer characters to to portray that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to watching it. So that's your longing as well. What is your living for? So I, I know I mentioned on the last podcast about um, not imagining anybody else being able to play Patrick in Schitt's Creek, who is played by Noah Reed. And um, as far as I know, he's straight. And I think Dan Levy's like spoken about this. But I think if we go back to um, the context around that, um, Patrick's character was married to a woman for many years, wasn't he? And then um, kind of was struggling with, his sexuality and then came out I mean there's no early or late to come out but I guess like later in life than you would if you were a teen or in your early 20s yeah. um so maybe it kind of fits more with the character because he wouldn't have had loads of lived experiences and out gay man because that wasn't his story so maybe that's why there is that sense of authenticity there because that wouldn't have been the case for that that character so it was something that I was thinking about um between that last episode and now so I just thought I'd add it in for whoever cares but yeah um that's what I was thinking about 
Um, but yes, so that was my um, longing for as well. And as well as that, I have to give another honourable mention to the standalone Euphoria episode. And I'm absolutely longing for the next one um, as well. Um, you, I think you'd, you'd already watched it when we last spoke. And then yeah. I watched it after that. And I was just glued. I didn't move. Yeah. I couldn't move. No. No. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> How? It was. How was it, it so good? I, I don't. I don't know. I think. Um. Uh. Yeah. So just. Uh. I mean, not no like spoilers, as it were, but it just um took place with Rue and his name Martin. Is his I name Martin? Remember. I think it is because I think I was like, that's my dad's name. I think <laughs> when, it, when it was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't think there's anything to spoil in particular because no. it's not like yeah. it's a big action piece, is it? It's no. very intimate. So it's just them two in a diner on what I think is like supposed to be Christmas Eve. Um, and they are just having a conversation about like where Rue is at in her life and how she's, what she's sort of struggling with. And because uh, Martin's like her sort of like sponsor, I guess. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, and it just was uh just rich gorgeous uh conversation between two people who are experiencing similar things but at very different times in their life and about how like adults and teenagers see the world so differently um and but about how they can learn from each other because of that um and uh, yeah I just thought I thought it was very very good and I'm incredibly excited to watch the uh Jude, Jude, Jude episode. Is it Jude? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that as well, there's something about like they don't romanticize despair and severe depression and addiction. I think that Absolutely. it would be so easy with a show like Euphoria to go down that road and, you know, make Rude's character this really kind of, um, lovable like sexy reckless cool girl like you know what I mean yeah. and they don't they don't do that with with her like you are so invested in Rue and you love her and you want the best for her but she's done a lot of de deplorable things we also know that um she isn't at the moment of this episode anyway finding a way out and a port in in a storm and it will be so easy to have like made this perfect hour where at the beginning she feels awful and at the end she feels great and it doesn't do that either and um I think that it just felt so real yeah it had a uh speaking of authenticity it had a real um authenticity to it and I think um yeah I think I remember when like Euphoria was coming out people were saying like oh it's just another like teens doing drugs look how cool they are but it it isn't that like at all it 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 does deal with those uh subjects you know drugs uh, well addiction um depression etc like so well and I think that uh you know uh Sam Levison who writes it is you know it's it's something that he struggled with when he was a teenager so he has real um real life experience that that lends to that and you can you can see that um and yeah if if, if you haven't watched Euphoria yet I, I'm gonna rewatch it because I I keep thinking about it and how I don't really remember everything about it and how I really want to like get in to it again um I think it's probably one of the best like shows that's been made in the past few years loved it so much and this standalone episode was just stunning loved it <laughs> how much would you love to just like get a Chinese takeaway together and watch that fairground episode <gasps> no too much words <laughs> there, are not, there are not words <laughs> for how I much know. that would be so nice would be so um nice. but yeah to go on from um the kind of more deep and meaningful um sides of what we're longing for with um with euphoria um onto my living for which is very basic <laughs> and what i am living for is moisturizing I uh, absolutely love when uh, you just throw one in there that I'm not expecting at all. Um, right. Well, how much are you moisturising? Have you got a new moisturiser? What's going on? Well, what's going on, Lucy, is um, that I decided to take take matters into my own hands in 2021. And it's so it's so funny, like, 
there are certain things and I think everybody can relate to this on a level that you do automatically as self-care which just become part of what you do and it's like second nature and you don't see it as an extra step or it just sort of becomes part of you really like um your every day and for me I have never been somebody that like takes the time or very rarely to do a full moisturize like like, of my actual body (gasps) wow yeah Yeah, like not like you know Mm. not like every single bit but you know like legs arms and a bit of like you know whatever whatever's left you just wipe it about um (laughs) so I never do that because I'm always just like oh no like I need to go here I need to do this I have to get ready I need to get the train I can't like that'll have to be for another day yeah but then I was thinking to myself how much better would you feel if you were actually moisturized Mm. and maybe like it's a cheap thing you can do it doesn't take that much time but actually it's one of the few things in the context of working from home in a pandemic that I have like the time and setup to be able to do because I just have a shower in the morning I'm doing all of the moisturizing and I'm doing also nail oil and moisturizing my hands yes because this routine can cope with that. There is room in the routine for that because I'm just putting on like loungewear or like leggings and a top. So that's fine with like yeah. moisturizer. It's not like putting on jeans, which I hate the feeling of putting on jeans when I've got moisturizer on. No, that I can't do it. But a lounge pant, fine. I can do that. Stunning. And it's just a small thing, but it's, it's made me feel a bit more in control of things. Yeah, well, say. good. I think anything that that makes you feel better and and have you is is it uh has it made a marked uh difference to how moisturized and supple you feel well um I just was on a call earlier um for work and somebody asked me if I had a ring light because I had a very glowy look to myself you do I know glow um, I mean I probably don't now I mean I do have a huge spot here but we'll just <laughs> ignore that and no one luckily can see it apart from you um but I, or, you know, before how I said that it's like a relatively cheap slash free thing that you can do. Well, I lied just then because um, this has, this has kind of, um, what's the word? It led to you. It's, it's snowballed. Right. Yeah. You've done a lot of research and now you want only the best moisturizer. Well, now I've subscribed to Beauty Pie. Oh, well, yeah. Um, there we go. But- <laughs> That also comes from like, so another thing that I have pathetically worked out is that I live for getting things in the post. Oh, yeah. Nothing like it, especially during a pandemic. Yeah, during a pandemic, like, especially. It's like the only thing that is like giving me that little serotonin zip in the day because it's like slightly unexpected, even though you know it might be coming that day and you're like, oh, like it's going to come. And, um, this comes once a month and you get to like pick the things and whatever I'm not going to explain the whole concept of beauty pie but it's basically like a skincare and beauty subscription thing and um yeah I've just I've done it because I want to feel something Lucy and I I also want to feel my gorgeous skin my moisturized skin yeah I bet stunning I think um that is completely valid and uh totally support your subscription base needs um and moisturizing uh uh agenda i i know somebody who used to moisturize her body her full body twice a day every day like and i was just like astounded that she ever had the time to do that um and but you know very nice skin so this is it and it's something that i've it's something that i've toyed with for years and Mm. i've never done it and I think it all boils down to one moment when I was um, on holiday with friend of the podcast, Leah Green, who is the most moisturized, glowiest skin person ever. And she is very moisturized the whole time. I mean, Mm. hopefully she doesn't mind me talking about her level of moisturization (laughs) on this public platform because it is nothing but a compliment. Um, And I was like, but you do all this moisturizing and then you put your clothes on every day. And she was like, yeah, 
like once you do it you it's just your routine like you and I'm like for ages I fought it but I'm not fighting it anymore I'm proud of you (laughs) this is 2021 (laughs) we're setting Um, new intentions new habits and I'm, I'm here for it Speaking of new intentions, habits, resolutions, I know we normally do this on our back to school New Year um, episode. Is there anything that you're kind of thinking of maybe in a low key sense or maybe it's more formalized? Anything that you're thinking that you would like to do more of, less of, try, change this year, if if possible, life permitting? (laughs) Yes, where, where possible, where possible. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, like I spoke about before, I, uh, you know, I have sort of had a realization of the things I can control and things I can't control. Um, and I think I, there's a couple of things I want to like do more exercise as it were, like literally just like going for walks more, like trying to make it a habit. So I've been trying to do that, like make sure I literally just like, you know, get out of the house like every day, um, go for like a big walk at least like every couple of days, whatever weather permitting at the moment, obviously literally today was just the most, one of those absolutely dismal days of like just full on, you know, that rain that soaks you all day. <laughs> so I was like, I can't bother. Yeah. But yesterday was a glorious day and I went up a hill. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was glorious. I went out yesterday as well. Yeah, it was nice. nice. So yeah, a bit more sort of exercise, um, just because it does really actually make you feel better. Who knew? Um, so that's nice uh, for me. And then also just trying to uh, do actually do some more creative work uh, and hopefully work towards something uh tangible in that sense that that's more of like a sort of in the air one doesn't really have like specific goals but um well it kind of does but yeah so uh more exercise and more creativity um what about you well I think my exercise one is continuing on from last year of like trying to keep up with running slash shuffling around the streets um I've had like a bit of a break over Christmas and the weather's been so bad I've just been like putting off restarting but as I mentioned to you I've got a new running jacket so I need to take it for a spin um because I do feel better when I do it but um I just need to get my head into that space which I think maybe I will by like next week but um I don't know I'm just I'm getting there and yeah. I'll get there I know it's I hard it's just... especially like going out running like when it's like icy and stuff I would not want to do it we all know yeah. that we are our main nemesis in life is ice so it's, like... it's the iciness that's been putting me off because I've yeah. had a few uh yeah near falling experiences which it's just not worth it to me so no. I'm just gonna wait for it to like get a bit less uh crusty outside and then I'll do that again and then um yeah obviously my moisturizing I need that to continue um into the rest of the year um I want to streamline some of my stuff so I want to donate slash sell slash get rid of some things nice um in my flat and I also want to try some new recipes um so try some new things I haven't tried before. I got the Table Manners recipe book for my birthday. Nice. Um, and that's got some nice things in it. And there's a couple of other things that I want to try and just um, try to expand the repertoire a bit. You know, now that like we'd probably have an hour or so more in the evening where we're not on the commute to maybe like try and make the most of that rather than just watch telly, which I am um, want to do. So um, yeah, I think they're probably the things they sound great very uh into all of that and um yeah can't wait to one day come to your flat and have um something new from your your repertoire imagine Um, yeah oh and there's all the new new the new ba cookbooks because there's a molly's there's claire's there's gonna be like everybody's new cookbook so gonna be a lot to choose from everybody but um yeah um I know we mentioned about euphoria and it's a sin but you must have had a lot of time parked in front of the telly or listening to podcasts or watching films what are your consumables for 2021 so I watched stunning series available on BBC iPlayer uh We Are Who We Are which is a TV series um created and directed by um Luca Guadagnino off of Call Me By Your Name um it's set in Italy surprise surprise um Mm -hmm. and is but is set sort of not in Italy it's set on an American like a US uh, military base um and is about like a bunch of teenagers 
um, and the adults, but mainly the teenagers who live on the base and their sort of, you know, loves, lives, losses, etc., coming of ages. Um, it is uh, very good very effect very affecting i i i watched it like all quite quickly it's it's got a really slow pace it's quite hard to sort of like really get into but for some reason i was like it was quite entrancing you kind of like find yourself just sort of like in it and you want to sort of continue being in that world it's got really great music it looks good all those things that you kind of want um well what i want um and it's about teenagers which i'm obviously obsessed with so uh uh yeah it's it's good it's um but i can see like a lot of people struggling with it because if you really like heavy if you want heavy plot and you want a lot of things that happen you won't really enjoy it that much there's not loads that happens uh explicitly i mean a lot happens to all the characters but you know there's not like plot constantly um it's it's just really good i found it really interesting um as somebody who lived abroad as a kid it had a lot of like sort of for want of a better word triggering things that um reminded Uh me of uh being displaced when you're a teenager a lot um and how what that's like and about how um you uh make friendships and then they're gone um and you sort of just get used to that and stuff um it has it's an incredible it does an incredible job of like depicting like moody teenagers the main character fraser well sort of main character um fraser who's played by jack dylan grazer he does like just the most perfect job of being like a teenager who's so out of sorts with themselves who doesn't really know what they're doing um and is like not very happy uh I really liked that um, because it's set in an army base. um, You kind of, uh, you get the real like, um, it really displays the sort of like liminality of like being a teenager, you know, when you're going between, you're between things, you're between being a child and you're an an adult. And in, in being on an army base, you have that because you have the kids with the backdrop of soldiers who all they're doing is preparing for like going to to war or going into like like a a war zone so it really uh contrasts those things like really well um and i don't know and and uh, more than anything for for listeners of this podcast it is laden with queer longing there is um a very very like queer central friendship um and uh queer uh central like identity crisis for one of the characters um and I just yeah I would I really would recommend it and I would recommend if you watch it and you think what like stick with it it is uh I thought it was really beautiful and I keep I keep thinking about it which I I thought like maybe oh done and done and dusted or whatever but it keeps coming back to me like parts of it um and specifically for you Olivia the main character is obsessed with blood orange who we know and love obviously so there's loads of blood orange in it so <laughs> can highly recommend love blood orange yeah okay. so well yeah. I mean that alone. Yeah. it's it's really good so I'd recommend that um that's like the main thing I've sort of watched um since the last time we spoke I guess that's sort of queer uh related in terms of telly um have you watched any telly that's good well um I and probably most of the UK in um the days of Middlemas um sat slumped um stuff in quality streets into my mouth watching Bridgerton um so I watched Bridgerton and (laughs) I mean (laughs) have have you watched any of it no I've seen the 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 trailer and was like "Eh, I'm not I'm not a huge like periody person um so like it doesn't really appeal to me that much but like so I would never if someone was like, oh, you got to watch it, it's like dead good, blah, 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 then I probably would. But I probably wouldn't like instantly be like, oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 What's it like? I mean, well, it's if, if you're looking for something that um, is historically accurate, you definitely will be annoyed because it's it's historically inaccurate, which actually doesn't annoy me. Like, that's that's fine. I'm yeah. not really that bothered by that. Um, but it is full of like, things that don't make a lot of sense for the time 
period but also i think like maybe that's kind of intentional um as as well um there's not a lot of gay rights in it except for like which i was surprised at because it's a shondaland production yeah there is and you know she's very much one for like exploring like queer stories and diversity in all of its uh, forms um th- there is a bit of it so there's like a sort of fringe character who is gay and is is married to a woman and um you know lives a bit of a separate life and how difficult that must have been during the regency period so you kind of get a bit of an insight into that but he's not kind of like a main uh, character and then there's another character who we absolutely love to see who is one of the Bridgerton sisters who are like the main sort of eligible society sisters right and she is um just about to come of age and um it's very clear that you know she doesn't want to follow in the same path as her older sister who's kind of like the main character that you will have probably seen um everywhere who is incidentally Sally Webster's daughter off of Corrie did we know this (laughs) I did not know that (laughs) yeah and since I was told this I cannot stop seeing Sally Webster's face in her face it becomes very obvious when you've been watching it for a bit um anyway that is a side note um but this one of the sisters um who is called Eloise um she she serves me a lot of gay rights um she's not quite there yet so I'm hoping that the second season is going to be all about her kind of like grappling with her sexuality as she is kind of sort of semi-forced to come out into society when she's deemed to be of age which they're all talking about is going to be the next year going to be the next year going to be the next year and she's sort of saying she's not ready to come out she's not ready to come out and I'm just wondering is there a bit of a double meaning there she's very kind of um strong-willed very kind of feminist for the time and wants to um wants to be a writer and to have a vocation for herself where she's not you know dependent on a marriage and all of these things and is actually like quite grateful to her sister for taking on the mantle of like traditionalism so that she doesn't necessarily have to feel the pressure of of following that so I think she's a really interesting character who we don't get to fully know um as well as maybe we could in in this series but I actually think that her story is, would probably be the more interesting one than that of like the main characters that, that they did choose to focus on so um I think if you're looking for like a highly entertaining um very tongue-in-cheek um historically inaccurate regency romp then Bridgerton is for you but it very well might not be for a lot of those reasons and you know there's a couple of the, the plot is very weak very very weak so <laughs> if you're happy to kind of like go along on this sort of like merry dance of Bridgerton and just fully kind of submit yourself to the Bridgerton experience, then absolutely. And also um, there is the character Penelope, who is played by Nicola um, Cowlin, you know, from Derry Girls. Yeah. Um, So she is in that as well. So I suppose um, adjacently gay icon from from Dairy Girls and also you can't really get much gayer than having Julie Andrews as um, the Bridgerton voiceover for the whole thing the oh writer. yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And apparently she was paid like three million dollars to do it so <laughs> oh we God. we stand a woman who knows her worth for real absolutely yeah and, if and she never has her to... worth it's Julie I know and like she never once had to like get dressed up in any corsets or anything she just had to like go to a recording booth so we love that for her she is 85 so she's got a lot on um but yeah that's kind of my like whistle stop tour of Bridgerton I suppose and then um for TV I've been mainly doing things that have like been quite been quite comforting so I've been re-watching Seinfeld for better or worse and um I finished his Dark Materials 2 over Christmas because I wanted to save it up and watch that which I thought was very fab and very like transporting and a nice time for me. Um, But then my probably the most gay rights thing, which I'll probably come back to next week, is that I've started the series on Amazon Prime called The Wilds. Have you heard of this? I have heard of it, um, but I have not uh, watched it. Um, I've mainly heard of it because I follow this, uh, this like one, like, twitter comedy actor guy johnny birch told who's in it for like a really like short amount of time but he posts so many things about it obviously because he's like promoing it and um so therefore i've seen like loads of clips of it (laughs) um and i do know that there is some gay rights to it um but yeah no i'm intrigued what's what's it like well it 
again, I, th- I think that you would, I think that you would get something out of it because it's very much like lost meets not another, like any one of those teen movies, basically. <laughs> so it's, it's very, it's very high school and it's very lost Two things that I know you like. I mean, so I think that, I think that you would be in there. Sign me up. Um, to to be honest like maybe maybe the acting isn't like the most amazing that you've ever seen and maybe um you know if you're looking for something that is incredibly original then maybe it's not for you because it is very much like lost it is very much like lord of the flies it is very much like kind of a lot of teen movies so it, it's not really like breaking the mold in any significant way, but if you're looking for something that is like entertaining and exploring relationships in difficult circumstances and you like that and you like kind of like coming of age stuff as a genre, um, I don't think there's any way that you would like dislike it. The, the pace is good. It's interesting, but um, I don't think it's going to like, the concept of it probably isn't going to blow your mind because it, it has been done before. Um but I definitely think it's worth watching and I'm yet to see the gay rights manifested. So I'm sitting on the precipice, sitting on the dock of the bay or sitting on the dock of the gay, as it were, <laughs> to um, see... Thank you, we have when an episode the gay rights. <laughs> <laughs> Always love it when that happens. Just note that down. Thank you. Um <laughs> Oh, well, I feel very honoured because I feel like you're you're the queen of the one-liners for the episode title. So um, it's just nice to be nominated. Um, <laughs> it's just good to be invited. <laughs> yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of my review of that. I think that you should watch it because okay. it would be fine to do that. <laughs> and you know, I love things that are fine to do. So um, yeah, no, I, I think I probably will actually. Um, I did. I, ha- I have toyed with the idea of it, but I think I thought that like maybe, like you said, that it wouldn't be particularly original, and therefore, like, was I was that what I wanted right now? But sometimes, I have actually um, at at night time, sort of, you know, my parents gone to bed, etc., and I'm just like, right, what am I going to watch? And oh, like, a few nights, I've just been like, I can't. I can't, there's nothing that I want to watch. You know what I mean? Like nothing will, (laughs) is good enough or nothing is like the right kind of thing. And actually that might be exactly right because it's sort of a bit um, basic in a sense. Like it's not going to challenge me too much, et cetera. I don't have to pay too much attention. Yeah, no, it it won't, but it is entertaining and it is interesting. And yeah, I'm just putting my bets on how the gay rights is going to exactly manifest itself. So that's a fun game. It's always a fun game, isn't it? So um, that's what I have been doing with that. Other than that, I have um, just started watching The Serpent on BBC Two. I'm sorry, just started watching The Serpent on BBC One. It remains to be seen whether there will be some gay rights. I doubt it. It seems pretty not gay rights but um I mean not not gay rights but not many things so we'll see how that one unfolds if there's any gay rights I promise to come back to you and let you know please report back um but probably you know the biggest um queer tv show to speak of that I think we have both watched is RuPaul's Drag Race season 13 which um came out a couple of weeks ago and actually the UK season is coming out tomorrow so it will have been out for a week by the time this this goes out so what are your initial thoughts first impressions I know Sophie Simmons friend of the podcast um she's been straight on the blog straight away letting me know her thoughts and feelings as well but um we all know there was a new and different opener this season how did you feel about the way that they kind of reconstructed what we have come to know and love as episode one of um RuPaul's Drag Race uh yeah well so as um I mean as anyone who's listened to this before knows I'm quite a drag race newbie um a noob as it were um and like you uh I think I watched I watched the last season all the way through that's the first season American season I've watched all the way through and then I watched the UK season all the way through and enjoyed both of them very very much um 
I was like not feeling in the mood for it at all for a, uh, a bit. But then today I made sure to watch some. And actually I was like, oh yeah, no, this is, it's good telly. And it's like um, a good kind of, you know, it's fun to have that kind of show, like a reality show with some sort of like jeopardy and what's going to happen kind of thing going on. Um, I was not a fan of the first episode and how they did it. Um in terms I feel like I can't really speak much about it because I haven't watched loads of Drag Race but um and so therefore I'm not like you know uh, an authority on it but um uh, essentially for anyone who doesn't know and doesn't mind a spoiler um what they did instead of like introducing all of the girls that come in and they introduce all the queens one by one and then they I don't know they usually do like a challenge don't they like in the first we episode. usually just they do like can't. a photo shoot challenge right for yeah yeah um, instead of that, they had them come in two at a time and then go and do a lip sync straight away. And then one of them got pork chopped or whatever it was. Um, so, uh, and got sort of made to believe they were being sent home as it were. Uh, and, um, right. I have a confession to make, um, in the fact that the lip sync element of Drag Race is actually my least favorite element of Drag Race. No, I can I can yeah. understand that. I can so understand that. a whole episode where it was just sort of a constant lip sync. I was like, oh, yeah, and I'm not I'm not into that. Like, I, I, agree. I care more about the interactions and the yeah. It took it, stuff. it took time away from that like really important first episode where you get to know the queens. They're kind of reading each other, sizing each other up for the first time. Yeah. You get a sense of like the, their personalities, what their strengths are. A couple see a couple of their looks, but. We didn't get to see any of that. And instead, it was like this like faux jeopardy, which we all knew wasn't what it was like purporting to be. Um, yes. You know, we, we knew that half of them weren't getting the chop after two minutes. Like we knew there was more to the story. We knew Elliot was two T's was going to come back. Like we knew everything. Yes. So yeah. not only was it not a surprise, but it actually took away, in my opinion, from a lot of like the joy of the opening episode that, that yeah. we normally get and yeah like you say just lip sync after lip sync is not that interesting um especially when you kind of like know all of that as context and you haven't gotten to know them at all so you're not really invested either way in like who particularly stays in like it's just yeah it was odd it's not going in the right order yeah and I feel like the only thing it sort of like tried to like do was sort of um boost up the like element of sort of like infighting or like the element of like oh us against them like we're two different groups we were actually winners at the beginning and you weren't blah 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 and that's like I don't like any of that I like the I like the camaraderie I like it when they all come together they all feel like you know sisters like a family together like I don't want like any of that extra stuff like extra like beef between people so um yeah it wasn't wasn't for me but um uh the second episode obviously well kind of back to normal um regime uh apart from like only half of them were i haven't seen the whole episode i got to like yeah it is only it is only half it's only half of them yeah so i, I assume that the other half are going to do it's like some weird big brother situation where they've done the two houses <laughs> i don't know yeah uh, yeah, yeah. I, I i assume so mm. um but what I will say mm. as a positive for this series is I think that the cohort is particularly strong this year. Like, I think the, the, the caliber of Queens and the kind of talent that runs across loads of different interpretations of drag, like that's really vast. Um, like you only had to look at like Got Mix runway look, like the day and the night, like, are you joking? Like that's your week one you know what I mean whereas we you know you can usually get away with like a little leotard and something you know like right okay yeah it, it usually builds yeah. up it builds up to that over time but people they're really like hitting us over the head with the looks um and I think it's going to be a really interesting and good competition as long as they don't like mess with it weirdly too much yeah maybe that will be their only messing with it too much maybe they might they probably do a bit more of like the them versus us thing because like obviously why else would they keep them in two separate groups which they have done so i'm not sure what will happen there but hopefully not too much messing um but yeah like um i yeah i thought everyone uh seemed like super strong i, I don't as as someone who hasn't watched like a lot of the seasons i feel like i don't know if that's like normal or not but like you say it does seem very very strong so that's good um 
yeah and I'm intrigued to see what it plays out do you have any favorites uh yet or you hold withholding judgment I've got I've got my top three which actually came before not who I think is necessarily going to be well maybe but like um my favorites so my favorites at the moment are and I decided this from Meet the, the Queens, really. So it wasn't because of what happened towards the end of the episode, just to put that out there. But my favourites are Simone, Olivia Lux and Gottmik. Oh, <laughs> this is the three I wrote down. <laughs> yeah. I'm so pleased that I've written down the same ones as you, a a, uh, a drag race stalwart. Um, so that feels good to me. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I... I yeah, I think I, I was obsessed with um, Olivia Lux's like tiny handbags. I just think they're so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also just like shout out for just pure beauty. Like, I'm sorry, but Absolutely. are you the most beautiful person in the world? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Turns out you are. Um, yeah. yeah um, and just a quick mention, obviously, Forgot Mix is um, the first uh, trans drag queen on, male trans drag queen on rupaul's drag race which is making drag race history which is like a really good and great thing to do to diversify the cast and um you know bring some uh different people into the mix which i think is really good yeah definitely yeah and i'm very much looking forward to the uk one which i think is um more my bag for some reason i think just maybe like the comedy like the humor of it is more like what i'm attuned to maybe i don't know um and uh it's a bit more friendly and a bit more like homey yeah so very much looking forward to that i'm sure we will talk about that next week um so yeah very good things to watch how exciting so olivia what have you been listening to what is your first track of the week of 2021 well my first track of the week is based off of bridgerton because um whether you know or don't know they do string quartet reimaginings of um famous pop songs which i just live for so um the one that i picked today you i'm sure you've already seen it but um it is the panini cover um by vitamin string quartet who do all of the songs in bridgerton and like panini the fact that they've done that is just the best to me yeah, it just I, made me feel so nice <laughs> when when you post when you put it on your instagram story um and i knew that it was like i knew bridgerton had done had done that um but i hadn't listened to any of them i was like i immediately listened to that one i was just like this is I, there's something about that kind of thing that's so joyous I don't know what it is like, something so funny about like the melds of like genres in that way that just makes me laugh loads um and I really enjoyed yeah. it so thanks for that <laughs> um that one's not actually in Bridgerton that's just like another one that they've done oh, that I really liked one that was in Bridgerton a couple that were good they did thank you next um they did bad guy and the best one in my opinion is the wildest dreams taylor swift one that they did um, but they've got lo- they've got loads and they've got that one um oh God, what's that like song of 2020 that's like um is it flashing light it's like blinding lights blinding lights yeah. yeah that was my like running song of last year and they've done that which i quite enjoy but yeah um that is my track of the week because i love to like listen to all of the string quartet remakes while i'm doing work so that's just nice. me what is your track of the week this week Lucy? Uh, my, my track of the week also inspired by viewing um so like i said uh we are who we are had really good soundtrack um and which i think always lends to anything um and i my track of the week actually is a Bowie song, which I guess sort of like uh, coincides with the fact it's been five years since uh, he died, which is, you know, RIP. Um, and I can't believe it's been five years. That's wild. But um, uh, I I didn't know this track. I, I like, I know, you know, David Bowie. Do you say Bowie or Bowie? Um, I probably say Bowie, but I don't think it, I don't think one is I, wrong. No, I say like them interchangeably. Like I don't. Yeah, I think I'm probably... say when it happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I probably do. I probably lean Bowie, but I've been mm. known to Bowie. <laughs> you know what I mean, ah, she's been known to Bowie. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, I'm like a you know you know normal medium Bowie Bowie fan. Like you know yeah. I know some Bowie you know, Bowie. Yeah, but I'm not like a huge, uh, you know, into it. But actually more recently, I've been like listening to some more. And maybe it's that thing that we talked about once on the podcast of when you reach a certain age, you get into a certain band like Fleetwood Mac. And maybe now is my Bowie <laughs> Bowie era. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah but this month, say again? 
you could do worse oh yeah absolutely um so this song was in it's actually it's in the final episode of uh we are we are and it's called absolute beginners and it's just really nice and i really really like it it's got like a nice sort of about being like young and in love and not really knowing what you're doing about things and i'm um, just you know love that love that so uh yeah that is my track of the week um would highly recommend well as we know we all agree with an under the radar bowie slash bowie hit but there are things both in 2020 and yes in 2021 that we do not agree with because it's time for i don't agree with it another year another week another day of i don't agree with it lucy what is it that you don't agree with this week in 2021 (laughs) well this is actually like an evergreen one one that i have not agreed with for my entire life that i can't believe i haven't actually done on here before and if i have sorry but i don't too bad i'm gonna do it again (laughs) um and this is like this is a bit this is a biggie um i don't agree with what I don't agree with for now and forever until it is eradicated which it has not been I can uh, I can assure you is the um the assumption when letter writing of dear sirs I don't think we've done it no we haven't done it but do people I didn't know people did that <gasps> people still do. so I have recently come out of a job in a very uh you know traditional sector uh accounting and tax um and i can assure you that people are still obsessed with dear sirs and it used to drive me oh my god it does drive me insane like it's you know it doesn't happen so much in like you know other sectors i'm sure you know you're you're lucky in uh in uh the media sector obviously people have moved on but they have not moved on in in various other places and i used to it used to make me so angry because it was the, you know, it's the default. Um, and I would know for a fact we would be writing to people where it's like, not just like, sirs, like, dear sir, dear sir slash madam would be bad enough, but yes. just sirs, just sirs. It, 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 it's, it's the go to and it drives me insane. And I remember um, a few years ago, there was this like, um, it was like a competition or some sort of writing thing where you, it was to do like some writing for like a, about, like a feminist uh, zine or something. I can't remember what it was, but the thing that they asked for on application was like, what one thing would you change to like make a make you know make a difference or something like that and I remember I, I didn't apply but I remember seeing it and I remember being like I would change that you can't I would say you can't use TSS anymore no you can't it's, it's so wild and I just really really do not agree with it every time luckily I'm not in that job anymore where I have to see it every fucking day but um when I did it was a lot um and I just it's just one of those you know little reminders that you know there's a there's a lot a lot of work to do so um yeah I do not agree with I, dissers I had no idea that that was a thing so that's horrifying really? to well, that's, realize but... that's hopeful for me that you that there are people that you you know there are places in this world where you wouldn't even think that that still is occurring um, yeah because I guess I don't like have to process a lot of like letters for yeah people like I'll just send emails to people I'm emailing or I'll get a letter that's for me so it will be addressed to me so I guess it's like something that unfortunately exists if you're like doing that particular job maybe I don't know but god that's depressing um yeah yeah, well I'll join you in that I don't agree with that either obviously (laughs) and what do you not agree with apart from also that well Lucy mine is incredibly serious and um I'm afraid that I don't agree with and now this not to do um, a complete circle back, but to do one. Um, it's to do with moisturising. <laughs> it's moisturising adjacent. Okay. So what it is, is I don't agree with my new codependent relationship with lip balm. Oh, God. Yeah. Are your lips... Not- my lips are so dry at the moment. It's so annoying. Well, the thing is, Lucy, I don't know whether my lips... Right. So this is the problem. I don't know. Right. I got this new lip balm that I'm obsessed with. And I don't just like it a bit. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Oh, I'm always using it all the time. Mm. And I don't know whether the use of it has created a toxic relationship whereby I need it more. Like it's actually yeah. like 
drying my lips out when it runs out on my face. I don't know if it's like, yeah, creating um, a toxic relationship whereby like the more I use, the more I need or whether I just started using it at the right time and actually like it's helping more than it would if I didn't have it. Yeah. I can't work that out. Hard to know. I'm in this cycle and like I got this not that long ago and it's already like getting run thinning out. Thinning out, thinning out. It's I'll tell you everybody. And did I buy another one the other day, even though this is like less than a week old? Yes. The exact same kind, but a different flavor. Um, oh my. This one is Wild Fig, the Glossier Balm.com, and it's um, sold out on the website. Shit. And I'm like low-key worried. It's not just I'm, you I'm... then. This is happening to a lot of people with this specific lip balm. Well, it's a new flavor. So I'm wondering, is that the reason why? Or is everybody in this cycle? I just don't know anymore. And the way I'm feeling, I just don't agree with it. Yeah, no, it's it's a tough time. I do think that, um, you know, it's a time of year when our lips do tend to be drier. Um, and from A, either being outside in the cold or B, being inside with heating on, which is, you know, bad for your moisture, etc. cetera. Um, but also... I do think that when I like use lip balm and stuff, it makes my lips drier. And I think yeah. about like a couple things. I think that about so sometimes like um, I've been in a in a in a shower where the only shampoo available is dandruff shampoo, which I would never use. So I don't need to use it. But when I use it, I get dandruff. I'm not joking. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 yeah, I'm not sure where you're at with that either. But I think just keep going. Just lean in. It'll be fine. It never, it never happens to me with lipstick, but I haven't really been wearing lipstick that much because it like gets on my mask and I don't wear lipstick if I'm not going anywhere, but a lip balm just feels like it's like a nourishing thing to do when right. I don't have anywhere to go. But is it though? I'm questioning everything. So um, I don't agree with being gaslit by my lip balm, basically. <laughs> um, so that is what I don't agree with this week. I'll let you know how I get on. Um, I probably bought like seven, seven more tubes by next Wednesday, but um, here we are. And um, finally, last but very much not least, after what has been, let's face it, a bit of a hiatus for our gal. A sabbatical. In 20, yeah. In 2021, she's back. <laughs> the blogs are back and we have got an absolute corker. If you are in any way a Celine Dion fan or Celine Dion fan adjacent, you will have probably heard of this already, but we really couldn't have asked. I mean, you can't look a gift horse in the mouth, can you? So it would have been remiss of us to have not done this this week. It's 2021. It's a new year. It's a new series. And it's time for Celine Watch. It's very exciting, isn't it, Lucy? Would you like to do the honours and introduce us to the hot goss that is this week's Celine Watch? Right. So what's happened is some absolutely stunning hun has um, got a bit too drunk on, I believe it was Christmas Eve, uh, having had a bottle of champagne or Prosecco, something like that, apparently. Uh, a man from Staffordshire, my neck of the woods, as some people would say. So I might go out and try and find him. A man previously named Thomas Dodd, has got too drunk and renamed himself Celine Dion. (laughs) Yeah, my favourite bit of the article is how, you know, like when they're quoting sources, they always like refer to them by their surname. So the whole way through, it's like Dion explained (laughs) that on his drunken night of debauchery is so funny. But right. So the thing, if you actually like properly read this article or any of the articles about this, Obviously, the fact that he got drunk and put in his application, that that is funny. And I get that that's, that's funny. But the thing is, at that point, you haven't actually changed your name. All you're doing is applying for the papers. What the real funny thing is, is that a week or so later, he receives this in the post and completely sober decides to actually go through with it. That is the real story here. Yeah, I didn't realise actually that of course that would be the process and that, there, yeah, there's so much more to this story that yeah, actually in his sober state, he went for it, which to be honest, why not? Like why not start the new year? New year, new me. That's what people say. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
he really really went for it um yeah i i think um just completely uh, a, a joyous thing to to come across um and a really stunning way to start a uh, Celine watch for 2021 i wonder if she knows yet um and what her reaction will be hopefully we can get a reaction from her um in terms yeah well he ha- he has said that um, if it gets to the point where she actually sees this, he is going to require a defibrillator. So it's probably for the best that she never finds out. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We don't. We don't want Celine Dion to to be in any health trouble. Um, you know, either of them. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, what a. Uh, <laughs> is there anything more you want to say? <laughs> it, no. There's nothing. No, more okay. Uh, and I can't think of a better way to round out this, our first podcast of 2021. Um, I'm pleased to be back. I'm. It's uh, nice to talk to all of you and to chat about some things. And we hope that, you know, we can bring you just a little bit of a light in what is not a very, very nice time. Um, and, you know, give you some suggestions for essentially things to fill your time, which is always uh, a good thing. Um we would love if you do like the podcast and you are enjoying it we would love if you could uh subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you listen to podcasts on and if you could rate it that would be amazing and leave a review because it really really does make a difference you probably hear that all the time on podcasts but it it, it's the truth that's like how uh you know you get to show love for a podcast so we would love that um uh, and if you wanted to get in contact with us for any reason tell us what you know what are your manifestations for 2021 what uh anything you want to recommend us to watch and talk about we would love to hear it um you can get in contact with us on instagram and twitter we are at queer longing um or if you want to email us we're queer longing at gmail.com um yeah i think those are all the bits that right livia um yeah that's everything and whether you are in your car in your bedroom or sitting on the dock of the gay we hope that you have a gorgeous time and we will be loving you leaving you and longing for you until next week bye Bye. how is 2021 treating you apart from the obvious hellfire of the past couple of weeks and days